you have Bibles, you can have a look, or you can hopefully follow on on the screen. This is Luke chapter 19, verses 11 to 28. The parable of the ten minas. While they were listening to this, he went on to tell them a parable, because he was near Jerusalem, and the people thought that the kingdom of God was going to appear at once. He said... A man of noble birth went to a distant country to have himself appointed king and then to return. So he called ten of his servants and gave them ten minas. Put this money to work, he said, until I come back. But his subjects hated him and sent a delegation after him to say, we don't want this man to be our king. He was made king, however, and returned home. Then he sent for the servants to whom he had given the money in order to find out what they had gained with it. The first one came and said, Sir, your mina has earned ten more. Well done, my good servant, his master replied. Because you have been trustworthy in a very small matter, take charge of ten cities. The second came and said, Sir, your mina has earned five more. His master answered, You take charge of five cities. Then another servant came and said, Sir, here is your mina. I have kept it laid away in a piece of cloth. I was afraid of you because you are a hard man. You take what you did not put in and reap what you did not sow. His master replied, I will judge you by your words, you wicked servant. You knew, did you, did you, that I am a hard man? taking out what I did not put in and reaping what I did not sow. Why then didn't you put my money on deposit so that when I came back, I could have collected it with interest? Then he said to those standing by, take his mina away from him and give it to the one who has 10 minas. Sir, they said, he already has 10. He replied, I tell you that to everyone who has, more will be given. But as for the one who has nothing, even what he has will be taken away. But those enemies of mine who did not want me to be king over them, bring them here and kill them in front of me. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. Lord, I pray that you would help us to stay focused on you as Jesus, sorry, as Jesus, as Judy, (laughs) comes up to share with us this morning. It would be great if we could have Jesus as well. (laughs) This is awkward. (laughs) Sorry to disappoint. Um, (laughs) He's in me. Hallelujah. Why does this always happen to me? Anyway, no pressure then. Good morning. Uh, my name is Judy, not Jesus, and uh, I'm part of the leadership here at Riverside, and uh, it's fantastic to have you all here and to gather around his word. One of the reasons that I really like us being in the round is there's a sense of us gathering around the, the bread of this word and each getting something from it. And my prayer is that every one of us today, wherever we're at on the journey of faith, whether we're looking at faith for the first time, considering faith, or whether we feel we're really going for it, that we, we go deeper and we go stronger as a result of coming around his word. We're looking this morning at adventure and we're looking at the search for adventure. 
Last week, Andy talked to us about the search for home, that actually in every soul, in every spirit, in every created being, there is a desire for home, a desire to belong. However fractured that may have become, that actually there's a desire to belong somewhere, to be a part of something. And there's also a desire that we're going to look at through scripture today, in us for adventure. Now you might look at me and say, really, I'm not sure at the moment that I'm up for an adventure. But if we are engaged with the Christian faith, we are in an adventure. There's no getting away from it. This book, this Bible, is not for the faint-hearted, is it? You know, people are thrown in prison, they're shipwrecked, they're hanging on one minute, they're accused of things they haven't done, they stand firm, they stand strong, often no matter what. The Apostle Paul would be an incredible example of someone of tenacity of adventurous spirit but that will look different just as it did in the disciples and in the apostles it will look very different in every person here all of us will adventure in a different way but there is I believe still that longing to live life to the full one of the most beautiful verses in the Bible that really won me as a Christian was I've come that you might have life in all its fullness that actually this isn't about stuff that's taken away, this is stuff that is added to our life. And it felt for me like I'd been living in black and white and suddenly it was in colour, it was abundant. And uh, there's a a kind of stark reality in this poem that Henry David Thoreau wrote, uh, The Walk in the Woods, and he says this, the fear really of this, and not when I came to die to discover that I had not lived. I did not wish to live what was not life, nor did I want to practice resignation. I wanted to live deep and suck all the marrow out of life. And I hope when we read that, something stirs within us to think, we don't want resignation in life, do we? Do you just want to be resigned almost to an existence? Because the Christian life says we are signing up for something that is extraordinary that we're signing up for something as we've just been singing, for battle, for good, for godliness. And actually, as we've sung even, giving God pleasure this morning, as he's been with us this morning, there's something about pushing back the forces of evil in this world, even this morning as we worship together. There's something about adventuring, even as we worship and declare his truth. But that was written by someone who said, hang on a minute, I don't want to die and think I've just kind of wished my life away. I don't want to die and just think, well, I survived it. I want to think that I've made a difference. And whether we're a Christian today or not, surely there's something in us that says, I want to make my mark. I want to make a part of history that actually I've made my print on. I was sharing in uh, first service, and uh, some of you will know this, but when I did some prison work way back when, I shared my delight in the fact that each of us had our own fingerprint and that I remembered at primary school putting my finger in the paint and saying, look, everyone, my fingerprint is unique. No one else is like it, not my sister, not a twin, not anybody else is like it but me. And sharing that in prison did not go down terribly well, just to let you know. I started being heckled and they were going, that's why we're here, because of the DNA. And, uh, but nevertheless, nevertheless, there is something in that that I am joyful about. 
because it shows that every person here has the meanness, has the talents, as the parable says, the meanness, has the resource, the kingdom within us and has our own part to play. And uh, that spirit of adventure is uh, part of what attracts me to the Christian faith in that I think every day is a bit of a blank sheet. We don't know the divine appointments, the things that God will have put into our diary, the people that we might come across who need just a little bit of grace, a little bit of truth uh, from our lips or maybe from our actions. And uh, someone who um, has been on a bit of an adventure, I thought we'd interview him. And uh, this is Julian Manda. Now, Julian Manda, you may have seen the photos on Facebook, um, but uh, I wondered if we'd slightly tipped him over the edge. He's a leader of operations, does a fantastic job overseeing all our admin. But two weeks ago, it seems like he went a little bit crazy. So let's give him a welcome, and he's going to come and tell us a little bit about that. Now, I know that we've got David, our service leader there as well with you, but you took some guys and did something a little bit insane a couple of weeks ago. Do you want to tell us why you did it and what it was you did? Yeah, we did. Uh, We took a team of uh, 13 guys, uh, some from Riverside, uh, some from uh, friends, colleagues, and uh, we took them through six miles of obstacles. we took them under a freezing cold lake six times. Uh, they were wading and crawling through mud. If you want to stick the next photo on. Um, then uh, there were lots of uh, climbs, rope bridges, ditches, uh, you name it. We threw them at it um, and gave them a good dose of hypothermia, tears, pain and bruises along the way too. Just um, who is that next to Stephen Mander? The guy in the middle, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just a little concern. <laughs> The Grim Reaper, yeah. So there's quite a lot of Riversiders there involved. Yeah, it's quite a few. We took a whole group of of mates along as well. Brilliant. Um, And uh, it was a a good day of demonstrating that actually you can do things beyond what you think you can do. And actually that sense of overcoming something and actually being quite terrified at the start line, but realising that when you've got mates around you who are going to encourage you and help you through it, um, it's a it's a fantastic experience and it lifts you out of yourself, particularly mm. when you get to the finish line and realise, I've done it. Yeah. And I didn't think that I was going to be able to. Now, you started running a few years ago, didn't you? And uh, trained for a few months. Yes, I, I did. Uh, I discovered I have a love of running. And actually, I realised that uh, Christ- being a Christian isn't for wimps. Uh, actually, that life is life's not like God is there to just listen and solve your problems. Life is harder when you start following God because he takes you in directions that you had no idea you were going to uh, go on. And uh, it's, to me, getting outdoors, having a goal in mind uh, is partly inspirational, but partly it's about being fit and balanced and being able to cope with some of the problems that life comes on because it's where I feel most creative and inspired and prayerful. Brilliant. And um, what do you, as a Christian, I know you're a committed Christian, your faith means a lot to you. What would you say are the parallels? I know in the Bible, obviously, a race is a, a metaphor for the Christian life. How would you say that you've sort of uh, really deepened in your faith and, and actually how the running helps as a mm. parallel to that? Um, I think when life dumps a whole lot of crud on you, um, you need someone to give you a helping hand, a word of encouragement, um, and that you've got someone by your side. Uh, and I know that certainly a lot of guys, we, we live very... Uh, desperate lives sometimes that even in the midst of lots of people around us we can be quite lonely and vulnerable and to to me uh, an experience like this actually shows you that you do need other people around you if you are going to get to that finish line. Um, I like uh, a 
passage in Philippians 3, um, and uh, it talks about uh, the Christian life being like a race and needing to get to the finish line. And in the message translation, which I normally knock, uh, <laughs> but actually this particular paraphrase is really helpful to me. It says, I'm not saying that I have this all together, that I have it made, but I'm well on my way, reaching out for Christ, who has so wondrously reached over and out to me. Friends, don't get me wrong, by no means do I count myself an expert in all of this, but I've got my eye on the goal where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus. I'm off and running, and I'm not turning back. Brilliant, Julian. Thank you so much. Now, I know that you are recruiting um, yep. for this. I'm not sure that we've totally been won over, but maybe some of us have. Uh, what would you say to people who are thinking of signing up, and wh where can they okay. get involved? Okay, I do three to four challenges like this every year. That's what I'm allowed to do by my good lady. Um, so <laughs> if you would like a challenge that will put you completely outside of your comfort zone and know that there's a group of guys who will not let you drop back um, or be last. We will stick with you all the way through. Uh, it's an experience that takes you completely above and beyond yourself and it's a great parallel of the things and the adventure that actually God has for you. So if you're interested in the next one, just drop me a line and I'll send you an invite. Fantastic. Let's give Julian a round of applause for coming out here and for all that he does for us at Riverside. So proof then, if it were needed, that people do crazy things, but that they do them for a sense of needing, as Julian said, to be out of our comfort zone. Over 35,000 people are running the London Marathon this morning. Some of this congregation are doing that. And I was Googling the top five reasons, just out of personal curiosity, why? <laughs> and the top five reasons why anyone would do such a thing. And uh, the top one is for personal fitness, but the second one is to push you out of your comfort zone and see under pressure what we are really capable of. And actually, the third and fourth are to do with team, to do with cheering each other on as Julian said and meeting new people so there is a hunger for adventure there is a search in our spirit for something that takes us out of our comfort zone blessed are the curious for they shall have adventures there's a curiosity within us that's not in the bible by the way um, just to be clear um, Bear Grylls, who's also not in the Bible, but does quote the Bible and, and live by the Bible a lot. Um, and he, he has said that actually, if you like, his talents, his meaners that he has been given have been sometimes disasters. He broke his back when he was in the army and that has been one of the things that has made him think he would turn his life around. Why? Because he's been given extra days. And that's true of all of us here. We have extra days, whatever days we have on this earth, we have to make a difference, to maximise our meaners, if you like. Uh, and he says this, but having faith reduces my fear hugely because I'm not alone. I'm fighting these battles with the creator and that is amazing. My faith definitely plays a part in my love of the outdoors. I see miracles everywhere I look, in mountains and in the jungle. I have less fear of death as well because I see it as going home, which relates back to Andy's talk last week. So that sense of being able to hold our lives that little bit more lightly, but 
whatever we've been given to say, I want to make a difference, to maximise it. I remember being at Spring Harvest years ago and Steve Chalk talked about, do we want to be history makers? And he said, if you as a young person want to go to the front and actually say that you want to be part of shaping and changing history, will you stand and come to the front? And young people between 16 and 18 came in their droves. And I was thinking about that in preparation for this talk and thinking that was probably over 15 years ago. All of those people who came and said, I'm signing up for this. I'm signing up for battle. I'm saying that actually I want the adventure of faith and I want to make my mark, to go deeper, to make a difference. And I hope and pray that they're still fighting on. Some of them may be even here, I don't know. But there's a sense of that. There's a sense of legacy from the Christian life that goes who've gone before of us and those who will go after us who are actually taking up the baton of faith and are saying, let's make the most of all the good that we've been given. So looking at this parable that Jesus told and looking at how we maximise the treasure of adventure that God has given us, what happens is Jesus speaks after he's uh, met with Zacchaeus, he speaks to the disciples and the disciples think that the kingdom is literally about to come, there and then. They think it's about the now. And we live in a world like that, don't we, where we want everything on tap, we want everything instant, we want the spirituality of the now. Whereas actually, we live with the spirituality sometimes of the not yet. And that's what this parable partly is trying to say, that actually what we do now has an eternal impact that actually our actions, our thoughts, our kindnesses echo in eternity and that your life is there for a reason when we sign up for God's kingdom. So the trust of a king, a guy says, (coughs) excuse me, a guy says in verses 11 to 14 that actually he will be king. The people don't want him to be. He says that he will and they say, we do not want this man to be king. And actually there's a parallel as Jesus tells the story. There must have been a bit of pain in his heart that he knew that the king was him. That as he tells the story that he was a king that wasn't wanted. He was the king that on Palm Sunday they all paraded and said, isn't it brilliant that you're here? And then days later killed him brutally. So actually the king was Jesus and he was trying to say to the people, look, there will be a king that you might reject, but he will come back as king and he will have given you treasure. He will have given you gifts, talents, money, whatever, to be used for his kingdom. And you can either sit on it, as we hear from the third guy who wraps his mina up in a, in a cloth and sits on it, or you can multiply it out with what you've been given. And uh, so he goes away, the, the guy, he comes back as king and he leaves them portions of his kingdom to multiply. And that is us. Jesus tells this parable parable for a reason. He tells it because he wants us here and now, as well as he wanted his followers then, to be aware that actually there are gifts and talents that he's given you that are a unique combination that nobody else has. Nobody, not to the left of you, to the right of you, behind you, around about you. You are completely unique. And there's a lane that you're running in this race that nobody else can run but you. And it's difficult because we live with the rigour of comparison. But actually, your job as a follower of Jesus, if you are a follower of Jesus today, is to run the best race that you can with God's help. 
not to look to the left or the right, to be the best Stephen that you can be, to be the best Anna that you can be. Put your name in that frame. That's our role. Don't try and be someone whose name you were not given but actually to run our race. Because each of these did different things with the things that they were given. Francis Chan says this, but God doesn't call us to be comfortable. He calls us to trust him so completely that we are unafraid to put ourselves in situations where we will be in trouble if he doesn't come through. Now, that's challenging for me. And I hope it is for all of us from Francis Chan. I want you to just think about When was the last time, and please hear me, this isn't a guilt trip and you're not going to be asked to share it with anyone, just to be sure. This is between you and God, a little bit of a heart check. When was the last time that you thought, I am really putting myself out of my comfort zone for Jesus here? I'm risking something for my faith. And just think, when was the last time you did that? And what did God do for you as a response? This is just between you and God. And if you can't think of anything, then maybe think of the week you've got coming up and think, I wonder what God might ask me to do in the week ahead. Let's just have some quiet time to think it through. Well, it may well be that that's struck a chord with you that you think, I don't know, Maybe it's a while, maybe it's a while. Maybe you think, I can't actually think about when I said, God, I need you here for courage. I need you because I'm stepping out with my Try Praying booklet or to talk to that person at work and and share a little bit about what you believe in, whatever that might be, that actually his heart for us is growth. There is no such thing as standing still in the Christian faith. That's why metaphors of races and running are there. And, And yet one of the most common things that actually besiege us as Christians can be being stuck. That we get to a point where we just think, I'll just get into a resigned way of living rather than that sucking the marrow out of every day that Thoreau talked about. So Francis Chan, a challenge from him uh, that we couldn't get comfortable and we shouldn't get comfortable. Then the test of the king, the trust itself that God has put in us is a test. The trust itself that the king makes in all the people is a test in itself. Whatever he's entrusted with, whether it's our wealth, whether it's our home, whether it's the gifts and talents that we have, whether it's our intelligence, whether it's our compassion, whatever that is, he's trusted us with those beautiful gifts and treasures to do something with it. Not to sit on it and wrap it in a cloth and just be a Sunday Christian, but actually to say this is about the adventure of faith. And if you were in any doubt that faith is an adventure start to pray because faith comes through so much in prayer we see the things that God puts in the unseen that actually we couldn't see before. There's a brilliant story of a guy who was a a missionary out in Africa in a field hospital and uh, he comes back on furlough to Michigan and uh, he's sharing a bit like this, he's sharing his comeback, he's on a break if you like and he shares about the time when he had to risk it all really to go and get medical 
medical help to go and get more resources and he had to cross through a jungle and some really, really fearful terrain to get some money for the hospital and to get resources and medical supplies. And on his way into the city, he's finally made it, he gets there and there's a man who has been attacked. And so he uses some of the supplies, he helps him, a bit like the Good Samaritan, he helps him get up on his feet again and he, he, he really helps him to get better. He then leaves and has to spend two nights camping in the most treacherous jungle, risking it all just to get these resources back to the field hospital. And uh, so he's telling that story. And uh, then he goes on to say that two weeks later, he made the same trip again for more supplies. And he met the guy that he had helped. And he told him about Jesus. He told him why that he was there helping. And the guy said, you need to know something. He said, I have to confess something to you. We followed you into the jungle. Me and five friends followed you into the jungle. Even though you had helped me, we followed you into the jungle because we knew A, you had money on you and B, you had supplies medically. And they wanted to attack him, take everything that he had. So he got his band, they went into the jungle and they saw that he was surrounded by an armed guard of 26 soldiers. And they said, that is too much for us. That is too much for us. So he's telling this guy this and he said, mate, I was alone in that jungle. I was completely alone in the jungle. And he said, but all five of us saw the soldiers. And he said, well, there were no soldiers there, none whatsoever. It was just me in the jungle, me alone with my faith. And he goes back and tells this story uh, in Michigan where he's sharing, they've sent him out as a missionary. And uh, a guy stands up and he says, I've got to interrupt you. And he said, you know, I felt I was going to play golf. And he said, I felt such an urge to call people together to pray because I felt you were in danger. And he said, I just put a call out to the church to come that night and just come together, a bit like we did with the half night of prayer, and just say, come together, we need to pray for this guy. And he said, stand up if you were there in that meeting. And 26 men stood up. And I, when I hear that story, it moves me, but it excites me about the adventure of prayer again. Because we will never know, when we step out and pray for someone, we will never know, or sometimes we may. I mean, that was amazing that he got to know. But I'm sure there are many times that God has called us to pray where actually he has answered in amazing ways. And when we get to heaven, we will perhaps be able to know what some of those things were. But we live with that level of mystery and adventure. The test of the king, the resource that he's given us will be prayer. It will also be the gifts that he's given us, the talents that we have. It will also be our time. What have we done? And I think that this, I really hope that this talk isn't giving you pressure because that will be a fail on my part because what I think this word does is it increases faith in us for the adventure of the journey of faith. It's not a should do better, it's there is more out there than this. We've sung it, there must be more than this. There is a real resonance that actually for every person here, God's heart is that we go deeper and we go braver and we go bolder. And that will look different in all of our different personalities. Paul, at the end of his life, was able to say this. I fought the good fight. I finished the course. I have kept the faith. And by that he means, and we know if we know anything about Paul, by that he means I have hung on in there. And for some today, that's the adventure. 
you're in such a pickle or your life is in such a trauma that actually it really is about hanging on in there. Julian talked about times in the race where all of them felt like giving up but actually they were able to cheer each other on. That's why life groups and community groups are so important because they're our people that we're adventuring with. Those are the people God's given us on the adventure of faith. And if you're not in a group, if you're feeling isolated at the moment, we would just strongly recommend uh, that you come and see Dave or myself or one of the others uh, community group leaders or actually say on the welcome desk that that's you, that you want others to adventure with you because it can be a fearful journey sometimes sometimes on your own. So God comes back, the king comes back, if you like, Jesus comes back, and uh, the the guy that sort of sat on his mina says this, he said, I was afraid of you because you're a hard man, you take out what you did not put in, and you reap what you did not sow. And when we read that, there's an audacity to it, but also maybe we, we kind of, there is a bit of a resounding yes in us, that actually sometimes, This is to do with whether we believe God is truly good or not. Whether we believe he's worth it. This guy doesn't think it's worth it. He thinks it's worth just playing it safe and sitting on it. And actually he says, because I I didn't trust you. You may have trusted me with all of this, but I didn't fully trust you. Maybe that's you today. Maybe church has perhaps in the past wounded you in some way. You're not a Christian. You're maybe feeling that actually I don't want to risk it all again for fear of being hurt. But what we have to, I believe, really understand is all of this comes out of a generous God who loves us and wants the absolute best for us. That he's not someone who's doing, as, as said here, taking where he didn't reap. He's, he's put so much of his hope and his heart in us and he's paid his life through Jesus for us when Jesus invites us on an adventure he shapes who we become with what happens along the way and wouldn't we testify those of us who have believed for a long time that that's true that the adventure is not easy but it shapes us into the people that we all are today All of our wounds, all of our bruises, all of our failures, all of our great successes, all shape the adventurers that are here and all shape our calling as we look ahead. There's um, a prayer that we used when we went to two sites and uh, we're going to just look at it again in a minute. And uh, the reason we did that is we felt a real strong sense that we could stay as we are, but that was the greatest risk of all. That actually just to stay comfortable, just to say we had full service uh, here at Mosley, but actually we felt we wanted to go boldly, to extend our waters, if you like, for the kingdom's sake, and actually um, to have another site over in Bourneville. And we prayed this prayer, if you remember way back in joint gathering, the whole prayer to say, we want to rely on you for this because we're stepping out in faith. And I just thank you again for being on the journey with us. Thank you for the half night of prayer. The turnout was brilliant and we were so, so encouraged. At Bourneville site last week, uh, Brian, who's in his 70s and is fairly new to our church, was uh, he's always shimmying up ladders whenever you get there and doing brilliant things on the setup team. And he was able to stand last week in church and say that for the first time, I think two of the young people might even be here, who prayed for him. And he's not been able to move his hip properly for years. And uh, they prayed in faith and he woke up on Saturday morning 
morning and he said he felt completely and utterly different. And that was being prayed by our young people for an older guy. And for me, that's church. That's the adventure we're all on. You know, it's not one person has more of that. We all have a share in this kingdom. Remember, it was all shared out, but it was actually how we multiply all that has been given. And this prayer basically says, let's go out as we've been singing um, often at the moment, let's go out into deeper waters and wider seas for all of us. And uh, as we respond, I wanted to just maybe give uh, a little bit of time before we come to communion as well, for us to think about what might it be for us to boldly go, if you like, in the next few weeks where we haven't been before on this adventure of faith. We've got Alpha starting, as Dave will tell us, in a few weeks' time over in Bourneville. Uh, Is there someone that you would be able to invite to that or invite to a service? Is it for you the step today that you've never really followed this Jesus? Not with your whole heart. Maybe you've just, like the guy with the one mina, just sitting on it, wrapping it up in a cloth. Maybe it was something in childhood that you've kept, but actually you know that it's not how you're living your life and you might want to come and talk to us or pray with us at the end. But there's a challenge in this story from Jesus about his kingdom where he just says, I will come back one day and I will see what you've done with all that I gave to you. And I hear that with a voice of real love rather than a voice of checking up on you because he's given us these things for a beautiful kingdom of goodness, of kindness, of power, of godliness and he's distributed it in every person here. And please, if anything has been said over your life, maybe as a young person, maybe as a child that says you'll never be as good as your brother, you'll never be as good as your sister, you'll never amount to much in this life, whatever those words that have stopped you being the adventure that God wants you to be. Uh, There'll be a chance at the end just to have some prayer or pray with someone you came with and just say, no, I'm not going to let something hold me back from being fully alive in God, in all that he has for us. So I wonder if you'd stand with me, if you're able to do that. And there's two things. I want to just firstly uh, read this prayer. Um, and uh, us to sort of perhaps resonate with it in our own hearts, and uh, then I'm going to just declare some truths over us. Disturb us, Lord, to dare more boldly, to venture on wider seas, where storms will show your mastery, where losing sight of the land we shall find the stars. We ask you to push back the horizon of our hopes and to push us into the future in strength, courage, hope and love. And this we ask in the name of our captain, who is Jesus Christ. Just quietly, maybe look at that prayer if you can read it and maybe ask God to just highlight one bit for you that you can commit to. Here are some words from Francis Frangiapan. Beloved, I say this to you. Let your fear go, lest it make you faint-hearted. Stop inspiring fear in those around you and now stand in faith. God has been good 
and he will go on being good. Let us approach these days expecting to see the goodness of the Lord manifest. Let us be strong and of good courage, for the Lord will fight for us as we stand in faith. Lord, we let our fears go this morning. We let go of what makes us faint-hearted. And we pray courage into every one of our hearts. Encourage us by your spirit. Encourage us again through your word. And Lord, would you maximize in every heart all that you have given us, all that you have lent to us in finance, in gifting, in goodness of heart, Lord, would you distribute amongst us Would you whisper amongst us the plans and dreams that you have for us even this week as we search for the adventure of faith with you? And Lord, for anyone joining the adventure, we just pray that they would know that you are not the God that wants to punish and take away, that you are the God that wants to bless us with eternal life, that wants to free us from all sin and from all fear. In the powerful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.